All right, welcome to the Browns Wire podcast. This is your host, Josh Keatley. With me back in action is Adam Moore. Adam, I had Mac Robinson on last week. Mac Robinson is the Browns Wire legend. Okay, so we didn't miss you at all. That's what I want to tell you. <laughs> hey, that's good. I saw I saw the your your podcast on Return of the Mac. It got me thinking about <clears throat> it's always sunny. So I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> Actually, he had some nice. Th- I, he he said he listened to the pod. He listened to some of your picks. And he he said you were you are a machine, more than machine. So he came away <laughs> impressed, which I think everybody is apparently because I had some people te- texting me asking if he had any Pro Bowl bets, which I thought was hilarious. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I didn't have any Pro Bowl bets. I promise you. No, that. yeah, I I know. I think I I figured you didn't, but you know what? It's funny though. Um, I saw an article where they were talking about a lot of professional betters do like to bet on the Pro Bowl because the odds are so stagnant and lazy. Uh, but yeah. whatever, moving There's, on. You know, there if if you can like read between the lines and and kind of almost do some like an intangible kind of analysis, there there is an edge there because you're right. There's you know those odds makers aren't really putting in in the effort. Uh, to make those lines as accurate as possible. But I, you know, I'm a data guy, and there's no data out on that kind of stuff, so I'm just not interested. Wow. So that was that was a lot of words to say that you didn't bet it, you pansy. <laughs> That's true, dude. I'm not gonna sit sure. here and have a coward on my show, bro. <laughs> well, well, I, you know, say you know, reserve some judgment until we get to uh, the Super Bowl pick. Full, full disclosure, Sa- you know, save too. some of that. Save some of that. Full disclosure, too. Adam texted me at what ten o'clock on Tuesday night and said, "Hey, dude, I can't do the show. I got 35 kids and basketball <laughs> practice." So I had to scramble. God, thank God, Mac Mac works the second shift, so he was able to hook. Uh, Hit me up at ten o'clock. Uh, it was awesome having him on, talking to him again. I haven't talked to him for a while. So. No, it was a mess. My 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 week last week was a mess. I coached junior high uh, basketball at our, ooh, at our local. Oh wait, school. ooh, we're talking about some. Ooh, that's some boring stuff, dude. It is, is no, but <laughs> no, I no, it's cool. But we because of Martin Luther King Junior Day, we had our game pushed back. We usually play on Mondays and Wednesdays. Our game was pushed back to Tuesday, so I had to play. Tuesday, didn't go home till late, and had to had to turn around and play again on Wednesday. I just wasn't prepared, wasn't prepared for you on Tuesday, and I, and I apologize. I think I, I do think it's classy of you to say the full name Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Most people just say MLK okay. MLK Day. But, I said MLK Day, and somebody made fun of me. Like it was like it was offensive. Yeah, I know not like it was offensive, but like because I didn't say Martin Luther King Jr. Like it was rude. I said, oh. it's MLK. So they were making fun of me for it. So I, that, you're the only person no, I heard I say it all the way out. <laughs> I, I'm glad you did. I think it's class. Yeah. It shows the kind of guy you are. You know, you got that integrity. <laughs> but so, all right, we talked about dude right before we got on the show. Breaking news came out. Okay, and I'm sure I'm like the fifth person in Ohio to read this because I got a subscription to CFL News. Uh, but Trey Robbins, Trey Robertson, the star defensive back for the Calgary Stampeders, the star all CFL cornerback was just signed by the Chicago Bears. Now, a lot of fans, I know that everybody that listens to my show reads every single article that I print out. Not. But <laughs> but for those that don't know and aren't aware, the Browns actually worked out Robertson. Robertson is viewed as one of the most sought-after CFL to NFL prospects since Cameron Wake, and his contract holds up. He is, rumor has it this is going to be the largest contract for a CFL to NFL transition since Cameron Wake going to the Miami Dolphins in 2009. For those that don't that don't recognize the name Trey Robertson, we'll try to fill you in. I think that you will once we tell you a little bit of his background. Trey Robertson was once the quarterback for the Indiana Hoosiers. He broke a bunch of freshman records with Indiana. He was a three 
uh, borderline four-star recruit, Mr. Indiana. Uh, gosh, I can't remember what high school he went to, but he was recruited by some pretty larger schools, but decided to go run the show in Indiana. Athletic quarterback, scrambling quarterback. Um, they eventually benched him for, I think it was Nate Sudfeld. Is that right? Is it Was it Nate Sudfeld? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so it was, they benched him for Nate Sudfeld after his, like halfway through his sophomore season. So Trey Robertson transferred to Illinois State, broke a bunch of records there, did, did just fine, but was never going to be a quarterback in the NFL, okay? So he's very raw. He only, I mean, realistically, he's only played like 30 games at cornerback, and he's already in all league in a professional league. I mean, that, that says a lot. Delvin Bro was all CFL before he came down to New Orleans. There's been guys that have had success there, um, you know, it's kind of what you hope for in the XFL too, is you take these guys that are raw that maybe were out of position in college. And then they grow into something that's great. He's only 27 years old. He's over six feet tall. He runs in the four, four range. So this is a big get for the bears and kind of a big loss for the Browns, but it kind of gets me excited about the XFL too. <laughs> Dude, I'll tell you what, you know, this is why I love you. You are probably, I mean, there's probably 50 people on, on this planet that know more about Trey Robertson than you just so, so obscure. He was so, he so was obscure. kind of you I, you remember him. I'm a thousand percent sure if like we went like if we went back and watched some Ohio State film and I we, we pulled up an Indiana tape, you'd be like, Oh, I remember that guy. He he was he was okay. He was always okay. He always ran around a little bit. Um and I watched the Calgary Stampeders, dude. I watched you know, hey, and you should too, bro. Uh our boy from Steubenville grad, um Cincinnati faithful, the son of Cincinnati, Zach Kolaris just signed one of the largest deals in the CFL. Uh, what was it yesterday? Do you remember, you remember Zach Kolaris though, right? Uh, did we? Did he go to University of Cincinnati? Yes, he did. Okay. Yes, he did. He he uh, he took one of those Cincinnati teams. I think with D'Antoni was there, or whoever, to one of those BCS bowls. They got blown out of. But uh, you know, there's so, there's some guys yeah. up there. There's some guys up yeah. there to pay attention to. But moving moving along, I know Adam is desperately wanting to talk about the Super Bowl. And I, I do too. I, I'm excited about this game, dude. I'm real excited about this game. But as we, as everybody knows, the Super Bowl is in Miami. The San Francisco 49ers versus the Kansas City Chiefs. And I saw the line today as the Kansas City Chiefs were favored by one and a half. Did you see something different? I had it at, yeah, I had it at one. Is what I saw at last. But it could, it could have moved. Okay, I checked Bavada like an hour beforehand. But, that, I mean, you know, I guess it depends on what book you got. I'm sure there's some books that are given up too as well. Um, I, I Right away, let's start out with who we're going to lean with. Obviously, it's the Super Bowl. We're degenerates. We're going to be putting money down. I'm going with the Chiefs, giving the one and a half points, laying the points. I have no issue with that. Um, the Chiefs opened up the season as a Super Bowl favorite. They have done nothing to disappoint. We've talked about me hammering the Chiefs pretty much week in and week out. Uh, we talked about the only reason that there was a four-game four dip was because of Patrick Mahomes' injury. Um, you know, we talked about the Titans. I, I bet on the Chiefs against the Titans, and we talked about how that was that that one struggle game against the Titans was kind of an issue with Mahomes' injury. We talked about the difference between three points, and they pounded the Titans. They were down early, came out and pounded them. Uh, you know, I saw Mahomes also the MVP, the favorite to be the MVP. I don't know if I'm putting money on that, but I feel like all of those point to me taking putting money on Kansas City. Yeah, no. How, this game, how it's gonna have to play out. If if we've if if we've learned anything from Kansas City these past two weeks, they're gonna or these past three weeks, they're gonna get down by like fourteen to twenty one points in the first quarter. Look like they're gonna get blown out, and then in the second quarter they're gonna score about thirty, and then this game will even out and it'll be close at the end. So that that's my prediction. Um, but yeah, I tell you what, 
my my expected spread here is Kansas City plus one. So I've got this right on the number. And so I, I would I would lean uh, to Kansas City. You know what? Since it's the Super Bowl, I'm going to go ahead and say I'm picking Kansas City. I like the number here because I, I you know my model likes Kansas City to win. I like how well they've played these past three you know two weeks. And because of the number, you know, let's say they squeak out a one point win, I still get a push. They're not going to tie one. Some one of these teams has got to win. So I I, I think Kansas City uh, is going to win this game. So I'll I'll take I'll take the number. Are you going to bet on this game? You have to. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, you got to, right? I mean, right. Yeah, that's okay, how I feel. if this was if this was week seven, I wouldn't bet on this game. But it's the Super Bowl. I mean, you got to bet on. If it was week six to nine, maybe not. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> um. So do you? So you brought up a good point about the Kansas City playing the last couple weeks. I view Kansas City having close games the last couple weeks as like a more or less a positive. You know, they didn't really roll through everybody. They they had some adversity, and they showed it. The Niners kind of rolled over their opponents. They kind of just yeah. dominated their last couple games. So I also view that as a positive for Kansas City, especially when you take in the fact that Shanahan, the last time he was in the Super Bowl, one could make an argument that his play calling is pretty much what blew it for the Falcons. Yeah. I, I just I just don't I my, the one thing that stands out to me is how well Kansas City played against the Titans and against Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry yep. was was the you know the last half of the season he was the the, the league's leading rusher and, and he did he did so by an enormous margin. He was just on fire. Yes, and I I expected him to have a better day than he did against the Chiefs and the Chiefs came out and had a plan for him and they shut him down. Um, San Francisco is going to try to run this football with Raheem Mostert, and uh, I don't know if uh, Tevin Coleman is going to play. He's not Derrick Henry. No, no, no you're right. Yeah. So I, I expect them to kind of bottle. I don't want to say bottle up because San Francisco has been dominant on the ground. So they may they may have some schemes, uh, especially for this team. But I, I just don't think San Francisco is going to run for 200 yards in this game. So I, I think uh, I think Kansas City has a has a slight edge there, and obviously on on. On, on offense, Patrick Mahomes is the X factor in this game. I would agree with that. You know, I, X factor is kind of an, I, an overused term, kind of like when we talk about generational talent. But it is, I, you know what? No, screw you. I'm going to go with the underdog here. I want to say Jimmy G is the <laughs> X factor. I'm going to bet on Kansas City, but here, here's the deal. If Jimmy, everybody's bashing on Jimmy Garoppolo, which is so, it's been such a weird week with people bashing on random people due to recency bias, right? I, I feel like yesterday my, Timeline was ablaze with people talking crap about Philip Rivers, who had a solid 16-year career, God forbid. <laughs> but any like, to, I don't. All of a sudden, he's garbage, even though he was dominant for like a. There was a four-year run where he was the best. But whatever. Anyways, that's the story for another he day. He also has about 37 kids. Yeah, yeah. I don't like. It's just funny how like a dude, a dude can well, be in the you league can't for blame that long. For wearing down. It's I mean, 16 look, seasons, look. man. Yeah. It's 16 seasons. Dude, I love it. I love it. I love this. Is we're going off on a tangent, but dude, I'm glad we are. I love when guys like that just just spend it all. They left Philip Rivers when he retires. He's going to be the worst quarterback in the NFL, just like Eli, Eli Manning. And I love that, dude. I love it. They gave it all, dude. They didn't retire early like Locke. And they're, you, you're that it, it's perfectly fine for Locke to do that. That's awesome. I support that. But I respect the shit out of guys like Jerry Rice playing for the Seattle Seahawks and Denver Broncos. <laughs> I respect the shit out of Bernie Kosar for hanging around the Dallas Cowboys and uh, uh, the Miami Dolphins, dude. Like, I, I I, love that shit, dude. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, dude, that guy gave it all. 
He gave it all. Andre Johnson, he bounced around like 10 different teams. I think then the, the Cleveland Browns signed Miles My, Austin and uh, Jeff Garcia. Yeah. Like there's just been there's a list of guys that were washed that tried to make it work. And I love that shit, dude, because they gave it all, dude. They gave it all. They gave until the league said, no, thank you. But I think that's I, awesome. But go yeah. on. No, uh, you know, my only point to add about Philip Rivers, he's he's never been like a top two or three quarterback, but he has been top 10 consistently throughout his career. And that's what I'm know, saying. I, yeah. So he's, he's been really solid. He shouldn't, he shouldn't get any, any bashing whatsoever. It's just it's weird it's weird how that the recency bias works. I mean he's been rough, you know he's old. Let's just that that's the, those are the facts. But whatever, moving on. That was a little bit of a tangent. Uh, let's talk about uh, Jimmy G. I said Jimmy G was the X factor. Everybody keeps talking about well if Jimmy G's got to throw the ball, they're gonna suck. That might be true. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. The Jimmy G doesn't have a, a plethora of games where he's thrown the ball sixty plus times. But we he hasn't do know that. To, though. That's what I'm saying, but we do know that he does have a lot of physical talent. We saw it. That's why the Niners traded for him, right? That's why the Patriots drafted him so high. You know, that's why Tom Brady wanted him out of New England, right? Because he does have a lot of talent. Plus, he's extremely good looking, right? I'm not going to bet against that that bone structure. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I mean, I am for the Super Bowl. I'm not typically going to bet against that bone structure. You know what I mean? So, he's got a lot of stuff going for him. So, if We'll see what we'll see what he does with the pressure. The Chiefs and the Chiefs got a good pass rush too, which actually brings me to my my first prop bet. Did you want me to kick it off, or did you want to kick yeah, it off? Yeah, go for it. Go for it. All right, my first prop bet that I really like. My probably my favorite total quarterback sacks. So both teams combined, the total quarterback sacks number is set at four and a half. I like the over, man. Now the the odds on this, you have to lay down one hundred fifty bucks to make a hundred bucks. I don't think that's that that's that bad when you're you know comparing it to other props like. Uh, if there's no safety, I think you have to lay down 900 bucks to make 100 bucks, right? Okay. Yeah. For for the safety one, but uh, both teams, I know both. I think the 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 number is so low at four and a half because both teams only allowed an average of less than four sacks per game, which is very low, right? Both teams did an excellent job in pass protection, but both defenses are both in the top dozen in sacks. Right, and yeah. I think that this game you are going to throw. We talked about Jimmy G being the X factor. I think that he is going to have to throw the ball. The Chiefs move the ball. The Chiefs cruise. The Niners are going to have to throw the ball to keep up, or they're going to have a you know it's going to be the Titans with Ryan Tannehill all over again. Yeah, no, that's interesting. My the prop bets that I like are, are less related to the actual game itself and how it may play out. So we can get to those later. Are you? I just have one question before we get to that. Are you betting on the cleavage of any of the singers? <laughs> no, I'm not. No, I'm what, not. What, uh, no it's not cleavage. It's, uh, yeah, it's butt cleavage, right? You can bet on someone's butt cleavage. <laughs> I have no clue what you're talking about, dude. I, I don't, I don't. I'm not a pervert. Someone, go- someone, Google this and tweet <laughs> at me. You can, you can bet on who's doing, the, who's doing the national anthem. I don't even know. I don't even know. Oh, it's Selena Gomez. You can, you can okay. Google how much of her butt is showing, and then it, there's like a, an asterisk where it says the bookmaker gets to decide, you know what. <laughs> constitute butt cleavage or whatever anyway so we'll we'll move on you could it's also worth noting that you can also bet on who's going to win the puppy bowl and the age yeah i love that uh so will the the second bet that i like is will the game be tied again after zero zero you have to lay 200 to make 100 i like this i think that we talked about it being a close game the spread is only one and a half so that kind of indicates that they believe it's going to be a close game as well uh the last super bowl uh, it was tied at three to three for a, a portion of the game. You know, you get—I I mean, just based purely on—you're uh, the statistics guy. You tell me, but the, to me, that feels like a lot of time 
for it to mm-hmm. not bounce. They've only got to be tied at any point in the game. At one point. Yeah, no, and then I, you win. I think that makes a lot of sense. I, I, I would, I would back you on that one. That, that, that makes too much sense uh, with how these two teams play. Certainly, you could, you could see like a, a ten, ten, or a fourteen, fourteen type game at some point. Yeah, and teams usually start out pretty slow in the first half, especially in a big game like the Super Bowl where they're trying to feel out their team. So it wouldn't blow my mind if we got another three, three situation heading into the second quarter or whatever. And like I said, it's only got to yeah. be like that. It doesn't have to be like that at the end of the quarter or at anything weird like that. It just has to be at any point in the game, and then boom, you cash. Um, my next one is this is just a standard bet, not really much of a prop. I'm taking, I'm taking the under on the total at 54 and a half. Um, I feel like that's a pretty high number. Uh, I feel like when you're looking at, I feel like people are looking at these offenses and how they've cruised or how they scored a lot of points the last couple of games. I don't feel like that's going to be like that in the Super Bowl. You're looking at two coaches that are kind of have a little bit of a track record of choking in big time situations. So I'm assuming there's going to be a longer feeling out or, you know, feeling up. Let's use, let's say yeah. that. Let's be feeling up because I always want to say that on the podcast. <laughs> there's going to be, there's going to be a feeling up process where they're trying to figure out – we're trying to figure each other out. So that may cause it to be lower than it really should be. Uh, and 54 and a half points is kind of a lot of points. Yeah. No, I, I guess I would I would, I would, would lean to the under here as well. My total would make it 52. So, uh, But I, I, I heard somewhere – I saw somewhere today that they said that there's a, a lot of money being hit on that over. And I don't know if that's public. I don't know if that's sharp. But oh, just God. I, I assume that's I'm, – I'm assuming it's heavy public, dude. The public loves the over. The public always oh, yeah. loves the over. But uh, my last my last prop, then we'll move on to your props. Uh, w- I saw this one. Will the 49ers convert a fourth down attempt? Now, to make $100, you have to lay down 140 Okay? I bet no. I feel like that's not that much for something that rarely happens. I feel like the 49ers aren't an uber-aggressive team. I don't recall them going for it on fourth down. I got to be honest with you. I saw this about 15 minutes before we started recording the show, so I don't know what the exact statistics are. So this is a pure square bet. Um, but I don't recall them going. I don't recall them going for on fourth down a, a hell of a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I, that'd be I'd be you know purely speculating if I uh, tried to pick a side on that one. So what do you got? What what are your best bets? What you got going on? <clears throat> so I've got I've got two. Um, and, and like I said, I, I alluded to it a minute ago. They're not. You only have two. Really football? Yeah, they're not really football related. The first one. Wait, hold on. No, I'm upset. I texted you at noon today. <laughs> Instead, have four, five, and you're you're coming on and giving me two. Hey, I'm only, I only I only want to give you sure things, so I only found two that I just Dude, was like felt so confident. I swear about. to God, if you don't, hey, I'm, a, I'm a man of the people here. So if yeah, both I, of these I, don't I, cash, I hope you get so many <laughs> death threats on Twitter. Well, here's the thing: um, one of these you're not going to find out if it cashes until like October. So I think most people forget about oh it by then. God. So. Oh my god, this is so lame! I'm getting so upset. Go on. All right, so the first one: it's uh, who will have more New York Yankees 2020 regular season wins or the total yardage of all touchdowns scored in Super Bowl 54. I'm taking the total yardage of all touchdowns scored here. I think I think you could easily see uh, a couple Patrick Mahomes like 20, 30, 40 yard touchdown passes, and I think you could easily see a couple 20, 30, 40 yard rushing touchdowns here for San Francisco. So and, and you, you spreads 54. Vegas is probably thinking there's six to seven and a half touchdowns here in this game. I think that's uh, <clears throat> easily you get over that. Uh, you get around that 100 to 120 yard yards and all these touchdowns i think that's more more wins than the yankees will get this year 
Uh, dude, that is the most obscure. But I didn't even see that in my book, dude. Where did, is that? Where did oh. you see that? Dude, they're all over the place. You gotta check them out. They're like they're called like multi-sport bets. I would never. I don't know anything about the Yankees, dude. The only, my only recollection, my only knowledge of the Yankees, is when uh, in Tommy Boy, when he goes, yeah. "Who's your? What's your favorite baseball team? The Yankees." <laughs> That's it. That's my only knowledge of the Yankees, right there. Yeah. <clears throat> it it uh, sounds like a. It, that sounds like a very effective handicap, though, because I yeah. can't. I can't envision everything you're saying. All right, now this last one, dude, I, and I, you know, let me know if I'm crazy, but this just feels like. It feels like a home run here. Will MC Hammer say hammer time in the Cheetos commercial? I absolutely you will, right? Oh, that's a hammer. If he doesn't, they wasted their money, right? Exactly. If, they, if he doesn't, someone in the market that, that I think that's a good bet because because if, if if he doesn't, someone in the marketing campaign is going to get fired. So you have <laughs> at least you it's a win win, right? Because you'll know, yeah, okay, absolutely. I may have lost money, but someone got fired today. So I mean, right? Yeah, what a stupid yeah, sure. what a waste that would be. Yeah. So I I feel like that's just a lock. You, you know, you send you put you more you take a second mortgage out in your home, you send that into your local bookie and, and you and you cash. That that is that is the best advice you've ever given. You really I mean I I plan on taking I know my fiance's banking information. I'm just going to smack it all in one group surprise her. We'll be watching the Cheetos. Is it Cheetos or Fritos? That's what I said Cheetos. Cheetos? What? I don't understand. Yeah. How did you? How? Where did you see? That's the same book. I found I, this. I, on, this, I found this on Fox, dude. Is Are, on Fox? Is, aren't the website. Aren't the Super Bowl commercials supposed to be like a surprise? Well, they're supposed to be, but they're not, right? They leak, okay. and then yeah, obviously, so what, yeah. I, they've had so, they've been producing these commercials for like four months, probably. So if MC Hammer's not in the commercial, do you lose? <laughs> I guess. What a stupid bet. I mean, it's smart, but I can't believe I'm talking about it. Do you know how upset I am that we've been doing the pod for what? What I, my timer's broken. What we've been on for ten minutes, and I wasted the first five talking about the CFL player, and then you're wasting three minutes talking about MC Hammer in a Cheetos commercial. <laughs> what other stupid bets were on there? Oh, Do dude, you, there's kinds. Um, what were the, we'll what was the dumbest shit you saw? Well, which auto brand commercial will air first? Which Beverage brand commercial will air first. What's the what's the odds? What's the odds for the auto uh, one? For the auto one, uh, Hyundai three to two, three getting two, Kia three getting one, Porsche three getting one, Audi four and one, Toyota four and one. Really, Mercedes yeah. is on there. Is is Hyundai? No. Is it? Doesn't Mercedes usually do the? Or am I thinking of Christmas? Dude, oh, I, I, I would be. I would not be good at this. <laughs> I'll tell you right now. What about the? Tell me the odds on the bre- the beverage one. All right. Uh, the the favorite is Anheuser Busch, which that's probably a good solid bet. I get. I don't know, man. I'm. I'm <laughs> the question is like, what you know? Does Bud Light and Budweiser count for Anheuser Busch? Probably right. So I mean, you're getting like two. You know, double your odds there. Well, I would bet on Fanta. Let's go with the underdog story. And, you know, Fanta. They didn't even give odds to Fanta. It's. It's. Are you kidding me? And then Coca Cola. It's fa- Fanta must be. It's that's that's strictly for that, that's too it's too white trash to be on the Super Bowl. I suppose <laughs> they keep they keep their commercials for whatever you know, the the marble Marlboro five hundred or whatever NASCAR does now. <laughs> what a stupid what a stupid conversation. Was there any other stupid bets? Uh, there, I mean, there are, but I mean, we could go on all night. 
All right. Okay. Well, yeah, how about we go? You want to talk about? Uh, we got a couple listener questions. Uh, I do appreciate that too. Uh, thanks, Troy. Troy hit me up on Facebook with a couple of good questions. Are you ready for these? I'm ready. So as we we actually had some breaking news a couple days ago too, and I guess I should act more started the show off with that. Been more excited, but the Browns hey, have officially hired yeah. a GM. CFL news priority, it right? Just, dude, it just happened. The CFL thing happened five minutes prior to our show, man. I really thought they were going to snag him. But uh, so the Browns hired Andrew Barry as the GM. He is now the youngest GM in NFL history at the age of thirty-two. So if that doesn't make you want to swerve off of a cliff i don't know what will um but yeah he, I, I think it's honestly i think it's a great hire the question from troy was why not elliot wolf and who do we like better elliot wolf or andrew barry i have a couple different answers for this uh, i think that as we know elliot wolf was the assistant gm 20 2018 2019 basically since john dorsey came in before that he was the director of football operations for green bay from 2016 to 2017 and then he was the director of player personnel in 2015 with green bay okay so he cut he, he came over from that club i don't think he got the job because the browns already know what he's about the, he's from the same tree as the john dorsey tree right he's the football guy football guy football guy at least now i want to say up front these are all assumptions because you can't really view what these guys are doing on film and neither one of these guys ha have been GMs in the past. So there's not really an extensive resume of, you know, what they've done or what, what they've contributed to. These are all just wild guesses, but I believe that they know what Wolf is. They know what he's about. We, they've kind of already made up their minds that they're going the analytical route, the Ivy league route, the, you know, analytical thinking route and Andrew Barry, He's a Harvard grad who is also should not be lumped in with the guy likes to fan skier deep, deep, uh, depot because he was a, a three-time all league all ivy league defensive back spent a bit of time in the nfl but he didn't make it because of his athletic ability and then he's been grinding man he was the director of player uh, he, he was the vp of player personnel 2016 uh in philadelphia has been the executive vp in philadelphia under howie roseman on that and the philadelphia franchise is a franchise that's always had a plan uh, you know, very black and white. This is what we do. We build the team from the trenches out. Um, so I think that that's, I think it was an easy decision. I think Andrew Barry is a great hire and I'm glad that they didn't hire the guy from Minnesota. I'm glad Andrew Barry got the job. Yeah, no, I, I am too. I, I think Andrew Barry was the correct choice here. Uh, and, and you know, it's obviously, you know, they, they got the old Ivy league front office up in, up in Cleveland. Now um, that's obviously the direction they want to go. Uh, with how they're kind of starting, you know, the structure and their, their all their deals and everything. This is obviously a, a you know, a tandem, if you will, with Stefanski and Depot and and now Andrew Barry. They want those guys kind of in unison and lockstep. And I think obviously they, I think they've built a good um, a good front office up there. I, I I really like the direction. Not you know, <clears throat> Andrew Barry's young. At thirty two, I was surprised he was that young. I didn't. I wasn't expecting that. I guess. And and you're right about. You know what? What do we know about the resumes of these general managers? We, you know, we're not we're not watching how they're doing implementation in other office. You know, you know, so that's just not stuff that we we can know. But I every every person who knows uh, Andrew Barry has had good things to say about him. So I think he's well respected, even though he is young. Uh, so you know, I think he's I think he's a good hire. 
Yeah, I, I agree. And the Philadelphia Eagles, too, they're a franchise that fascinates me because you can see how Howie Roseman built that team, right? Like, okay, he's done some he, – he's invested highly on the, on the offensive line. He's continuously drafting offensive linemen. He, you know, he went out he got uh, Brandon Peters. He drafted Lane Johnson in the first round. He drafted Andre Dillard in the first round. You know, he took chances on, on giant projects like, like the, the rugby player uh, late in the draft or Big V late in the draft. You know, uh, he, he went out and got Kel- – he defined that offense from the offensive line out. Then once the offense was complete, then he went out and drafted Carson Wentz. I thought that that's a very clean, concise plan that makes sense. He's not investing a lot of money in running backs, right? He's getting Jay, guys like a Jay Jayi on the cheap, drafting guys like Miles Sanders in the second round. Um, another thing he's done is he always goes out and gets a new quarterback, right? And then he gets those quarterbacks and and reuses them as assets. He, he knows how to play the quarterback game, right? He went out, he got Sam Bradford, dished him off, right? Um, he went out and he, you know, he drafts guys like Nate Sudfeld consistently. And those guys are competitive, you know, backups that, that could, that could garner some attention. A guy like Nick Foles. Nick Foles was the best backup, some would say. Won Super Bowl MVP. You know, he he knows how to allocate those assets and consistently keep those quarterbacks churning and burning. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, he also has a vision there. Again, with the trenches, Fletcher Cox. Um, you know, I, my my mind is my mind is blank. But I mean, you know, we, we talk Brandon Graham. There's a, a, a you can name ten guys that. That were competitive defensive linemen for the Philadelphia Eagles last couple of years. Michael Bennett, Chris Long, and he's going out and drafting young guys, signing older free agents, and then he puts a lot of emphasis on the safeties. Uh, you know, he's got a guy like Malcolm Jenkins in the back end. He likes his safeties to be able to line up in man and go on the slot, be able to line up one on one with the wide receivers. I think that that if Andrew Barry has some of that vision, I think that makes everything more clear and attractive to Cleveland. Yeah, I agree with you. And we're just going to have to wait and see how this all plays out. I think, you know, we can only speculate so much. And I think we've done plenty of that. I like the direction that they've gone. Um, I like that they gave them all five-year contracts. This is a situation to me that you're going to have to let – you're going to have to give these guys some time and and let them really build the 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 program or the franchise that they're they're trying to build. We can't – you can't go – you can't keep undercutting these – these coaches and these front office guys. So I, I think you give these guys five year, no matter what happens, uh, these next year, this next year or so, um, let, you know, give them a chance to really kind of build something here. I, I think that's the goal, but I also think it's cute that you think that because they signed a five year contract, that means you're going to be in. Cle- no, no, no. Let me, let me let you know that that doesn't mean they're going to be in Cleveland for five years. That just means they're <laughs> going to be getting paid for five years. Just ask yeah, Charlie right. Weiss. Just ask Charlie Weiss, but he's still getting paid from all the schools that have fired him in the past. Shoot, I think the Browns still have like ten head coaches that they're paying, bro. Like yeah, that, does, that five-year contract doesn't mean it. That means nothing, man. It means nothing. <laughs> but I, I do think that you know you do want to kind of give these guys a three-year window, one year to grow, uh, another year to figure it out. I, I assume that they, they're not. I don't think they're going to blow it up, but there is going to be some reconstruction, right? There is going to be something mm-hmm. that we don't like going on as these people grow. I do think that I like that they're hiring people that that should have all the same vision. Yeah. I think that enough can be said about that. Uh, yep. for, and first, first signing for Mr. Barry, uh, fullback out of Minnesota. Yes. And that guy actually played quarterback at UNLV for a couple games, his senior year too. So that's all I really know about him. That's probably not a guy that's going to make the roster. <laughs> Very, very, very unsexy first pick or first. Well, signing. I, yeah, that, that's, that's you know, Stefanski's come out and said, "Well, yeah, we're going to use a fullback." Maybe, but, uh, maybe well, I mean, what you... will come back. <laughs> the Browns have had some good fullbacks, bro, in the yeah. past couple years, man. 
What uh, I mean, what, what's your what's your outlook? What do you who do you think this team can be with Stefanski? Because uh, I, I, I heard an interesting I heard an interesting comparison, which I don't necessarily disagree with, and I, I kind of wanted to get your opinion. I don't know. I wasn't a big fan of Stefanski. I wouldn't have hired Stefanski. I, I think like I I told you, I think that Stefanski is going to be good if he recognizes his youth and his weaknesses. And is able to build a staff around him, which I think he has done that. He's hired a very experienced staff. I do like Andrew Barry, which is funny because him Andrew Barry's resume is less impressive than Stefanski's as a GM. But I just like him for some reason. I like what he's been a part of. I like what he's done. I like the way he talks. I don't know why. I just like Andrew Barry. Um, but I, I, you know, Stefanski, dude, this this roster is so good. You have to really butcher it. Yeah. To not make them competitive, I I I think if Stefanski is just at, uh, an average head head coach, the Browns should still be a deep playoff team. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's impossible. Yeah. But I could still see him collapsing based on I, you know I could see him being in over his head. He's still young. You never know when someone's just going to be completely in over his head. I would have never figured that Freddie Kitchens would be that lost, and I didn't like him either. Yeah. No, I, I heard somebody say, you know, and I mean, tell me, would you be surprised if this team turned, you know, is is a lot like the 49ers next year? Really run heavy. You you dial back what you ask Baker to do. Uh, when he does throw, you got some solid guys on the outside, but then you just rely on Chubb, you rely on Hunt, and you just run this football. And you've got, you've got some defensive guys in place that can really – um, kind of elevate that defense a little bit, and if you just if you just fill a couple of holes, I don't I don't think that's that, you know, crazy. No, I, I honestly, you you said that and I couldn't vision that. I do think that the Browns are going to take a running back pretty early in the draft, and that's going to surprise some people because I think he knows damn well what this team, what he 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 knows what they're going to do. Um, yeah. I think he's going to invest in offensive linemen that can move, you know, that can move the pile. And I think that this is going to be a run heavy team. I think that this is, I think that's going to help Baker Mayfield too. I know that a lot of people are wanting Baker Mayfield to light it up like he did at Oklahoma, but you know, I'd rather have him efficient and us winning games than him throwing yeah. for 30 touchdowns of 30 interceptions. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And that's what they, they didn't add. They're not asking Jimmy G to do anything. You know what? He threw the, he threw the ball like 11 times last week. Yeah. I think it was like eight, dude. Yeah. Or maybe yeah, he just so, had I mean, eight completions. Right. Yeah. I I can't remember exactly, but it, I mean, it was a really low number, especially to win thirty-eight to seven. So, I I think you're going to start seeing this pendulum swing back a little bit uh, as far as trends in the NFL go. You know, you saw this, you know, big push to to become more pass heavy, and and you get to kind of get those, um, you know, this kind of like offensive gurus who can you know can really scheme through the air. But I think I think you're going to start to see that kind of pendulum swing back, and you're going to see the running the football become more um, more important. On that note, I, I, one thing I you know I liked about Stefanski is um, you know he he runs that zone scheme, and you can really hide some bad offensive linemen in that scheme and still and still be pretty good. So in 2000 and I. I caveat this by saying I don't know what all they did in free agency this past year, but in 2018, Minnesota had the 23rd ranked offensive line uh, via Football Outsiders. And in 2019, when they implemented that new scheme, their offensive line was ranked 7th. And, and so, I mean, I think I think that is something that Stefanski is definitely going to come in and do in Cleveland. I, I think you're going to see this offensive line turn around next year. 
Well, I I think that there there is a benefit to doing that. I think in that offense, you don't you're not asking your offensive linemen to just go out and maul people. It is more right. of kind of an, an an angles game, if you will. Uh, with that said, that you know they did dedicate some assets to the offensive line. You know they went out and they drafted a Brian O'Neill, who who was a, a pretty athletic tackle that from Pittsburgh who kind of fell because he didn't exactly dominate, but he had a lot of high traits. You know, they drafted Pat Elfline very high. Who's been a, a high level starter. So they have gone out and they have gotten assets to that offensive line. Um, so I don't think that they're terrible, but the, but, but to, to, to what you're saying, the Browns offensive line isn't terrible either. Right. You know, they get one more off to tackle in there, you know, another interior offensive lineman in there. And the, uh, you're talking about average guys. And this can be a very good, offensive line i mean yeah i'm actually yep. just looking at the the vikings depth chart offensive line now they went they drafted garrett bradbury in the first round uh they drafted pat elfline in the third round who was a high level starter um they signed josh klein out of tennessee who's not a big big signing but i mean that should be noted and then they drafted brian o'neill in the second round so that's in the last three years they've added three new starters yeah or four new yeah starters. i knew so i that is yeah but yeah, for sure. But I mean, we're talking just from year to year from yeah. from the year when Stefanski was not the offensive coordinator for the entire year to the year that he was. And and I think that's a notable jump. Oh, for sure. For sure. I could I could definitely see that. I definitely think that this this uh, there there are definitely some huge positives with this offense. I don't know if I agree with the fact that the NFL is is, is the pendulum is currently swinging the other way. Uh but it will. It definitely mm-hmm. will. I mean, the, that's the that's well, I think I think I think San Francisco is can can kind of be the uh, um, the kind of the poster child for for that running movement. You know how you know how dominant they've been able to be uh, going through the NFC and and not throwing the football at all. Uh, they've just been relying on their running backs. They've got the probably the greatest blocking tight end um, in the NFL now, maybe of all time. He's just been George Kittle's just been absolutely unbelievable um, blocking from that tight end position. So. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I think you'll start to you'll you'll definitely see that even out. Everybody went wanted to be the Rams three years ago, and I think you're going to yeah. start you're going to start teams you're going to start seeing teams say, "Hey, we can be the 49ers. And that that might be. I like I said, I do disagree. I think that the Chiefs are going to win. And I think that everybody's still going to th- try to thrive to be that high flying passing offense and not really relying heavily on the running game. But I, that pendulum is going to swing back. I completely agree with you that that pendulum will eventually swing back, right? We're seeing defenders get smaller. We're seeing defenders being better in space. You know, we're seeing defensive linemen, you know, uh, it's the first step, the initial burst getting, you know, pass rushing is more important than ever. Well, with that, you're sacrificing size power a lot of the time. Right. So yep. I, I, the pendulum is going to swing back. I just, I don't know when that is. And I, I wouldn't bet on it to be within the next three years. I don't think the Stefanski hire is going to, you know, make the Browns a front runner just because he's, he's innovative in any way. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, but it, it you know, I, I think it gives me hope a little bit that, that, you know, that you can win that way in the NFL because yeah, I think I, that's how they're going to have to play. And I think, I think Chubb, that fits I think their skill set. I think Chubb Absolutely. is a perfect back for that kind of for that, right? Because we talked to him are probably being better than Dalvin Cook, to be quite honest with you. Um, yeah. All right, I guess. Did you have anything else to add about the you know the recent hire at GM? We got one more question Uh-oh. in relation to we got one more question in relation to the regime from Troy again. Uh, how will this regime fare, and why is this regime different? We kind of we answered a lot of those, right? We don't really know how they're going to fare. My expectations are very high after the Andrew Barry signing i do like him i really don't have a good reason for liking him like you said we don't the resume is kind of a huge unknown 
but I like the cut of his jib, bro. I think he's got. I, I <laughs> for some reason I do like him. Um, why is this regime different? <clears throat> well, if you haven't heard by now, they're all Ivy League grads that love analytics, so that's how it's going to be different. I, correct me if I'm wrong, but Adam, I believe we both viewed the last regime of Freddie Kitchens and John Dorsey as guys that pounded the whole football guy BS down your throat, and I and there's Absolutely. nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. We need that, right? There's a place for that. But here, here's the situation. It's not analytics versus the football guy. You have to have a solid mixture of both. That's how you got to be effective, right? Bill Belichick does both. You know, the best franchises, they, they incorporate both. It's always great to have something guide you into maybe making a better decision. Why, why would you say no to information? If you have the information in front of you, you're not going to say say no. You shouldn't say no to any information that's given to you. And I think John yep. Dorsey and Freddie Kitchens were doing that. They were just yep. blatantly ignoring information that was given to them. I don't think Andrew Barry and his crew are going to do that. This team, this this crew is too intelligent to just say no to the data. And I, I think that I mean, you know, these guys, like I said, Andrew Barry was a three time uh, All Ivy League football player. You know, he was a guy mm-hmm. that was in the NFL for a bit. Kevin Stefanski, he played college. You know, all these guys played college football. It ain't like they're, you know. Right nerds off the street and i'll tell you what and it, it, it you you do they did go completely opposite of what they had before which um, wasn't for, wise it's a little extreme <laughs> but whatever it was extreme but i i mean I, I i'm just such a big believer in analytics and what they can mean i think you hit the nail on the head there you know you have to use that information if it's available i know i'm going to bore you to tears here but you know, just just as as a coach for the seventh grade basketball team, we had we do. Oh my we do, god! We oh my do god! Film. Are listen, you doing that? Listen where I'm going. Listen where I'm going. Okay, we we do film. All right, we have a software that does all of our stats for us. All right, and that those stats provide us the information we need. It it provide tells us, you know, which five players play the best on the floor together. Wh- who's our best lineup? Where are they deficient in? And those are decisions that I use a coach to um, make adjustments. In, in these games and in my starting lineup, and that, and it's not, you know, there was some there were surprises to me if that makes any sense. So I, you know, if if you're just completely ignoring this data, I think you're 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 vastly underutilizing, um, you know, the, these things that are available to to every coach. And, and if if I can if I can get that information from a seventh grade basketball team, can you imagine what an analytics department in the NFL can provide you? I, I mean. <laughs> It's hilarious, but it is it's a good point. I get what you're saying. But here's my next question. How much money have you invested in coaching your seventh grade basketball team? <laughs> Not none. I, the school pays for it. The school pay are oh, you convinced yeah. you convinced those those the school to pay for your hobby? Oh dude, yeah. I mean I they pay me like I don't know, like six hundred bucks to do this, so I mean I feel like it was worth it. So hey, I, I wanna preface I wanna let everybody know too, Adam has no kids in seventh grade. Not even close. <laughs> He's just a creepy thirty year old hanging uh, out in the locker room. No, no. You know me. <laughs> hey, I've been I've been I've been coaching basketball for since I got out of college. No, just... I, I know, I know, I know. You, Adam wasn't Adam wasn't good enough to do anything, so he has to Yeah, that's if right. You, if you can't do you gotta teach, right? And that, that's right, old, that's right. That yeah. old children's tale from the Seagulls. Yeah. No, absolutely. I I know I know what you mean though. I I, I do know what you mean. Yeah. I make I make fun, but you know why? Like that's that is the bottom line, right? Is that you you need to make sure you t- turn over every rock. Now, did the Browns go a little extreme? I think so. I think they overcompensated going out and getting a guy like Stefanski because they were trying to check that analytics box. Um, 
you know, because his resume just isn't that impressive. Let's let, let's be real. It's not that impressive. But uh, they were trying to check that analytics box. So if that's the route they want to go, that's the route they want to go. I get that. And it yep. is hard to argue that because when you have a guy like Freddie Kitchens and John Dorsey blatantly ignoring that, they're ignoring that stuff. You know, they're drafting guys based purely off of what he sees, which is not you, – you just – you shouldn't You can be that, deceived. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you you got to trust your gut and your instincts a lot too, and I think that's what Bill Belichick does really well. But you're right; you can't, you have to use that data to support the decisions that you're making. It's just like we talked about the Bill Parcells thing, right? What he did is basic level analytics, right? He didn't draft a quarterback unless they were a captain. They started for three years and they had over 60% completion rate. I, I can't, I think those are the exact, I think those were close to the statistics he was looking for. If they didn't have those things, he didn't take them no matter how much he liked them, right? Those were the, those were the, 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 the data set that he set and he provided for himself. Right. So even that, that's a very basic level analytics, right? No graphs, nothing silly like that. Just, okay, you didn't do this. Well, then we can't take you. I, I, I've learned from my experience that those kind of guys don't do well in this kind of situation. And that's what analytics is, right? That's what these guys are going to do is just bring a, that situation on steroids. And I think everybody, football guys, analytics guys, everybody can respect the fact that Bill Parcells is one of the greatest coaches in NFL history, right? Yeah. And Grant, absolutely. I know that that's not, I know that's not, analytics but that's it's it's a very basic formula right right yeah. just helps you eliminate some of those differences um did you want to talk about your seventh grade basketball team anymore hey man Before we can do a completely separate podcast on it if you want oh my god hard i know pass, you love it dude. hard <laughs> pass all right moving on <laughs> Uh, we, we, we also made, uh, we're making a strong effort to try to make these a little bit shorter for you, but we are, we do want to end on some XFL notes. The XFL season is going to kick off right after the Super Bowl. Okay. Uh, we talked about a little bit, some of our, uh, sleeper teams. And matter of fact, my sleeper team that I mentioned a couple weeks ago, uh, is that was the DC defenders. Well, the reason we're talking about the XFL now is because the final rosters did come out. There are three former Ohio State Buckeyes. I know I have a lot of Ohio State fans that listen that have made the final rosters in the XFL. They're all on one team, Adam. They're all. The is DC it defenders. is it the DC Defenders? Yes, it yes it is, dude. Good guess. Do you know what three Buckeyes <laughs> they are? Uh, Cardell Jones. Absolutely. Your turn. Doran Grant and Tracy Sprinkle. Okay, so, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. yeah. Carl Jones, I don't think I have to go into Everybody remembers 12-gauge, right? He was oh, a yeah. former uh, four-star recruit out of Cleveland-Glenville. National champion. Played, yeah, played those magical three games that parlayed him in an NFL spot for a bit. Kind of a raw player, but he's getting older. I don't think this is going to be a platform him, him to make it to the NFL. I think this is He's probably going to be an XFL quarterback. Uh, Doran Grant. Doran Grant has bounced around the NFL. He was originally drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers. He was a cornerback for Ohio State. Um, he was actually with – I think he was with – the Atlanta Legends last year in the AAF couldn't parlay that into the NFL spot. We'll see what he does. Tracy Sprinkle, too. Tracy Sprinkle was actually extremely impressive with the AAF's Atlanta Legends last year. Parlayed that into a camp spot with the Cleveland Browns where he played really well, man. Um, his big knack was always that he was kind of lazy and out of shape at Ohio State. Dude, he looked like a different beast with the Atlanta Legends. And he looked solid with the Browns. I'm kind of surprised he didn't land on the roster, the final roster. I think that this actually might be a good – that's the only player that I see out of the three we just named that might actually be able to parlay this into some big NFL money. Yeah. No, it'd be no. fun. I, I'm looking forward to the season. I, no. I, you know, before we before we started doing this podcast, I probably wouldn't have watched much of the XFL. But I'll tell you what, I'm I'm going to watch it all now. 
Well, and I, I also want to ask, do you know what else Tracy Sprinkle is famous for? Uh, no. So Tracy Sprinkle, when he was at Ohio State, he got arrested for getting in a bar fight. I, someone double-checked this. I can't remember exactly what he was arrested for. I think he was underage. But he got arrested at my favorite name for a bar ever. What's, what's one? Grown and Sexy. Grown and Sexy? Where was that? I missed that. It's like an Illyria or something? Dude, I don't know where it's at, but that's the name of the bar. Grown and oh, Sexy. Oh, it wasn't bro. in Columbus? No, it was at back in his oh. hometown. Back okay. Hometown. okay. Yeah. Grown yeah, that's, and that's Sexy. A- that's that's an A plus name. Oh, it's it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. Yeah. But I, 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 guess I, I was going to be upset that I I thought you were talking about Columbus and I spent five years there you and I never be been. Yeah, I was going to be well, pissed. You, you spent so much time at Vanity, Adam. You know, you go anywhere. <laughs> you're you're a regular at Vanity at Columbus Gold. You got a yeah, gold I, membership at Columbus Gold, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell my wife. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, do you have anything else you want to add? I know I don't got anything, but I'm looking for a Super Bowl. Um, looking forward to the XFL after that. All right, yeah, we'll be we'll be talking about some XFL futures bets once the Super Bowl is over. We're not done with yet. We'll be talking about the NFL draft as well. I don't know if you watched the Senior yep. Bowl. I caught it. I, unfortunately, I wasn't down there, but obviously, the you know we'll, we'll we'll come out with some more brown news. Also, caught a glimpse of the NFL PA Bowl. Our boy Rashad Berry, another former Ohio State Buckeye tight end, uh, he led the game in receiving yards with 55. Um, so we'll see if that ends up turning turn into anything for him as well. We'll keep you updated with a lot of the draft news the closer we get. Uh, but this was our Super Bowl special, Adam. Hey, we'll see you later, buddy. And you can follow me on Twitter at Josh Keeley 16 <laughs> And Adam, where do they follow you at? More 2102, M-O-O-E-2102. Right. Jesus, that is just terrible, right. dude. Just we've, terrible. We've been over this. I can't right, change it now. It's like my phone number. All right, we're done. <laughs>